So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Camaraderie every day, going through the same stuff together. That was one of my high points. Hey folks, welcome back to the Unbeatable Mind podcast with Mark Devine. Thank you very much for continuing to support us here at Unbeatable Mind and for sharing uh, this podcast on social media, leaving us reviews and also rating it which is extremely helpful for other folks to find it. Love getting your feedback. You can send feedback to info at Unbeatable Mind. And we just hit three and a half million downloads. So we're, we're kind of growing uh, quite a bit every month, over 150,000 downloads a month, and that's growing. The podcast is available at unbeatablemind.com slash podcast. It's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and who knows what else they'll invent <laughs> soon that we can offer it through. Um, before I get going today, and um, I've got a really special podcast today with a couple of really cool guests. Uh, but before I introduce them, I want to also mention that the Unbeatable Mind Summit is coming up December 1st and um, 1st to the 3rd. So December 1st to the 3rd. Um, if you haven't thought about it or you're on the fence, we are getting down to the wire in terms of availability of spots. Uh, the lineup of speakers is super Cool. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. These are uh, some amazing folks I'm very excited to listen to and see what they're up to. Recently, I interviewed Mark Sisson, who will be there to uh, tell us all about some of the things he we got into at a surface level around ketogenesis and metabolic flexibility. Dr. Kirk Parsley, my Navy SEAL teammate, was going to give us the latest on sleep uh, science and also um, hygiene, just basically why it's so important and how we can sleep better. Um, Ashley Horner, who's a uh, fitness studette and uh, also has a um, philanthropic effort to support battered women. My Navy SEAL friend, Andy Stump, who stumps for charity all the time to raise money for the Navy SEAL Foundation, Wounded Warriors, and he's big on supporting vets with PTS. Um, he's a really interesting cat. He's, you know, uh, for a brief moment, he shared the world record or he had the world record for wingsuit jumping and he's, he's always looking for another challenge. Also, uh, Army Captain Joshua Mance, who was killed in combat uh, and came back to life 15 minutes later. Um, it's an incredible story. You definitely want to hear from Joshua. What a neat guy. Also, um, J.P. Sears, who's a uh, health, you know, emotional coach, I would say. And also um, comedian, and his work is just phenomenal, and he's really taken off in the last couple of years. He's funny as heck, uh, great guy. And one of my yoga mentors, Gary Kraskow, who will be um, leading us through the science of the mind, mental development, and some breathing training. It's going to be very, very cool. Tons of great training, tons of great inspiration, and my um, new crop of, of certifying or people in certification, I should say. It's a year-long program for Unbeatable Mind Coaching. We'll be there and help work you through uh, developing your five mountain training plan and ethos and, and that kind of stuff. So it's going to be a pretty cool event. If you want to register now and save 200 bucks, go to summit.unbeatablemind.com. Summit.unbeatablemind.com. And you'll save $200 if you put the code podcast200 in. Podcast200. So um, that's that. Enough of the public service announcements. Now, some of you may have heard that recently I took a trip to Greece, and in Greece I uh, brought some you know clients as well as we had some donors who donated through or to the Courage Foundation in order for us to support uh, several veterans um, to come to Greece with us and then you know experience this 
what we call this epic adventure, this epic challenge. It was an incredible experience. I mean, even personally, um, you know, I, I was actually a little bit nervous about this because we're it's eight days and we're hiking the trail that King Leonidas took with his 300 Spartans from Sparta, which is a small, you know, Greek city state kind of in the center of the lower part of Greece, uh, all the way to Thermopylae. And uh, that's on, you know, the Adria, I think it's the Adriatic, but it's, there's, I don't know the exact body of water that is the inlet there that is on, maybe Eric or Elia will know. But anyways, um, and there he met the Persians who were landing their very, very large expeditionary landing force to basically take over Greece and then head into Europe, you know. So this was part, part of the long period of time where the Persians, you know, were, were fighting the, the Greeks and this little battle had a an impact. And it was more of a psychological impact because, to be fair, you know, the 300 Spartans and their 700 Thespian teammates uh, didn't survive the event and the, you know, and the Persians, you know, ended up destroying them all and moving on. But it was so inspirational and unifying for the disparate Greek city-states that they came together after that incident to fight back the Persians and then the Athenians beat them at a huge naval battle a year later. And it was just, just really, really fascinating period of history that a lot of people uh, accurately or not credit with um, kind of the preservation of Western culture as we know it today, because had the, had the Persian empire taken over, you know, the Ionian continent there or, or um, peninsulas and the Greek culture and then gone further into Europe, you know, who, who knows, right? What, uh, what the world would be like. So it's one of these really interesting things at any rate. So without going on too long here, just I wanted to set the context. So we went over there, I think there were 12 of us. We had um, a fellow named Bart from, um, from the Netherlands come and film the event. He was quite a character. So there will be a, a small docudrama coming out about the event that'll have uh, some really interesting and uh, inspiring imagery and, and, and interviews and whatnot. We hiked roughly 24 to 25 kilometers a day. Uh, two of the there's uh, two of the eight days we ran a half marathon. One of the eight days we did a 60 kilometer bike, which felt like 120 kilometers because we had 22 flat tires <laughs> amongst all of us. It was just crazy. Uh, every morning uh, we did an uh, unbeatable mind training to prepare our minds and bodies for the day. That included some, you know, kokoro yoga and breathing exercises. And those events were um, at some sort of historically significant point. And every evening after the long ruck or run, uh, we did another evening session where we did um, some more breathing and visualization and also 300 repetitions of some bodyweight exercises. That started out on day one with 300 man makers um, and then at the end, uh, 300 push-ups. So it was wicked cool. I had an incredible time myself. It was uh, transformative to be able to work with the vets. The two uh, individuals we have today um, with me are Eric Coburn, Eric Coburn, who's, um, uh, was not there as a vet, you know, seeking some recovery work, but, um, was actually there because he raised money to help other vets. But Eric is a, a vet, a former Marine Corps guy. I'll let him, you know, give you the, the details. And also Elia Berler, a uh, former, you know, Lithuanian, Lithuanian by birth and a, an army guy. So, we have a Marine and an Army guy. So, Eric, um, what, thank you both first for joining me today. I'm super stoked to have you guys on. And this, I think this is going to be really cool to, to share with um, you know, the community. Glad to be a part of it. Thank you. So, why don't we start with you, Eric? Give us a, kind of what's your background? Where are you from? And, you know, just a few minutes to let the folks know kind of where you're from and, and uh, who, yeah. who you are. Um, Absolutely. So I, um, I really love where I grew up and I'm telling people about it all the time. And I have an affectionate little term I use called wind. So I grew up in Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, my family farms in all three states. And, you know, growing up farming and playing team sports, you at a very young age learn it's about the community and, and really the, the greater society around you. Um, and then uh, I left the Midwest, joined the Marine Corps. That brought me out here to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, where I reside to today. But it did bring me out here to the Carolinas, and uh, and uh, that's pretty much my background. I did four years in the Marine Corps. I've been to college. I have a business degree from UNCW. 
and um, and in the business world of finance and mortgages right now. Okay. And what did you do in the Marine Corps? What was your specialty? And, and Yeah, so I was uh, attached to an amphibious assault unit. So I was an AM tracker. And uh, so, you know, we played a lot in the water and not, nothing like near what, what Navy SEALs do, but uh, but definitely spent a lot of time in the, in the water. I did my uh, training all out in Southern California. And then I did my enlisted uh, time with my unit out here in uh, North Carolina, Camp Lejeune. And the experience was, I mean, transformative and life-changing, right? The, the invaluable mm-hmm. skills and lessons and, and just the, the growth of character and who we become as men in life um, really is forged through through these and many of the other, you know, uh, journeys we go through in life. Yeah, I imagine there's not a day go by where that Marine Corps then that military experience doesn't influence your thinking in some way. I mean, that's certainly my experience as a SEAL. They say once a Marine, always a Marine. Yeah, absolutely. I made that mistake when I first got out and said in a USO that I was an ex-Marine and was quickly corrected. It's always former. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So let's talk about the, the Greece experience. You know, we, we didn't know each other before then. I feel like really connected to both of you guys. Like we could, you know, come together and do anything, you know, like teammates. And we only spent eight, well, 10 days if you count the, the you know, the travel and whatnot. To, to give us an idea of what your experience was. How did you hear about it? Uh, what was your motivation for going there? Let's start there. Yeah, so... I got a really good buddy of mine back here, Stephen Foxworth. He introduced me to SilFit originally, which, uh, you know, indirectly had me start learning about the organization and, and um, you know, kind of what you've been doing uh, in the past there, Mark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, it's part of that that statement we were hearing while we were over there. And it's mastery of self. So then we can master the service we have to others. And I still have a long way to go in that journey. So the SilFit component was what brought me into kind of a physical aspect of it. But then I've got the Unbeatable Mind book and uh, kind of looked at some of the other stuff. And we've got, to, you know, we've got to master ourselves mentally as well. And that's probably um, one of the, the the more challenging things I have in my life. Right. We talked about the monkey brain and, and things like that. But um, so for me, I was just kind of looking to, to be involved with something um, that was challenging me to grow and be better. And I was getting that. Um, but then, you know, I got an email from uh, John Atwater and uh, he had introduced to me the Courage Foundation piece that you guys were spinning out underneath your um, SilFit umbrella. And, um, you know, I've, again, it's, I gave it in my background. I grew up in a community where there were a lot of other people who took an interest in your development and growth. And, uh, uh, you know, you just it, it just it's immeasurable the impact these people have on your lives. And by getting that, you then have this great um, calling internally to, to do the same thing. Right. And especially being 41, I'm, I'm getting to that point in the journey where, you know, hopefully I'm giving back as well as taking from those who are mentoring. Um, and so working with veterans, I work with nonprofits. This was a nonprofit endeavor and working with veterans again, being a veteran really, you know, was near and dear to my heart. So made a few phone calls, did some fundraising and then uh, and then joined you guys on, on the trip. So that's kind of the background and in, in, in why I was looking at doing it and uh, and how I got turned on to it. Terrific. Let me um, take a moment to just provide, provide folks some context around the Courage Foundation. So the foundation uh, is something I've wanted to do for, for several years. And finally, we pulled it together last year. Uh, John Atwater, uh, who was interestingly my former um, head brewer at the Coronado Brewing Company, then he became my president. And then um, he, he had suffered a broken um, neck when he was younger. So he was always a little bit, uh, with his recovery, was a little bit, you know, incapacitated but you know still pretty functional and then he broke his neck again uh three years ago and after that you know it was difficult for him to uh, to go back to his work uh at that time he was a professor at a college and so i offered for him to come in and uh, be my you know to help me out at seal fit and then when i launched the courage fund so the courage foundation you know came out when i had someone I, i could trust to basically take the reins of it and so we launched it with John as the uh, you know initial kind of administrative and executive director of the foundation, and uh, so a lot of the you know so I didn't have to get you know too in the into the weeds with the day to day because I didn't really have the time. So the idea of the Courage Foundation is to bring um, courage and uh, healing back to populations who aren't whole, right? Who have been you know uh, you know broken in some way. You know we use that term. We don't use that term on our website, but, you know, people who need healing and support, starting with veterans. Uh, we also do some work with the prison population. I've donated a ton of books into the prison population, but you know, really, really passionate about 
working with vets who are suffering from PTS because I don't know how many people know this out there, but it's a huge problem. You know, it's an epidemic. And Ilya, uh, when we get to talk to him, he works in the VA system now. He can tell us more about it. But I think I understand that like 22 vets a day or thereabouts are committing suicide. That's a massive, massive problem that we've all got to do what we can, right, Eric, to help solve. So I honor you for doing that. And I really appreciate you. The Halo Neurostimulation System will help you to push boundaries and to perform at your maximum capacity. Now, I'm often testing new products here at Unbeatable Mind, and Halo is the most recent that I've tested. And I felt it absolutely needed to be passed on to the tribe. It's a neurostim device that electrically stimulates the movement centers in your brain. It helps you to move better and faster through neuroplastic adaptation. It's as simple to use as downloading an app and plugging in headphones and then sticking them on your head. Use it for 20 minutes and then you go do your movement or your workout. Now, Halo, the company, has graciously offered to give a discount to Unbeatable Mind listeners. If you go to haloneuro.com and at checkout use the code UNBEATABLEMIND125, which will give you $125 off a Halo Sport model. That's an unbelievable offer. So use unbeatablemind125 at haloneuro.com, H-A-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com to get $125 off. Very generous offer that they put together. Hope you check it out. Hoo-yah. Tell us about, so you raised money so that you could support you know, Elia and Eric or Drew and also Daniel who went over there to, um, to go over there, you know, for, they didn't have any expenses. We paid their airfare. The Courage Foundation paid their airfare. You, you raised money. What was that experience like? And, um, did you find some receptivity to that? Was it easy? Was it hard? How'd you do it? And then let's get into the experience, uh, at yeah. Greece, like what hit you and what were the highs? And lows yeah. So, um, you know, interesting statistics you point out there from the VA being a veteran myself. And, uh, I had no idea, you know, 22 vets a day is what they're saying in, in over half a million with PTS, uh, at this given moment. Um, and you know, we're going to have an enduring need for quite some time given the conflicts and campaigns we're a part of. And as far as the, the fundraising piece went, you know, it wasn't necessarily a, a challenge, but I think for anyone getting into it from the start or it's new to them, it would absolutely be probably, uh, uh, well, let's just be frank. I think a lot of people find it to be insurmountable and never even take up these endeavors. They want to do something, but they really don't know how or, or, or where or when to do things. But I've got a background in nonprofits as an executive leader, and I've done different fundraising campaigns and things like that. So, um, you know, picking up the phone with a new organization, that was probably the only beginning obstacles I had. But look, with anything, when you add validation behind it, and you guys have obviously been vetted as a nonprofit, tax exempt, you have your ID number. Um, and then some of the donors I was raising money with personally are big dollar donors. Um, I think, uh, you know, we had a $20,000 raise per person, and I got half of that from just one donor who uh, will more than likely be reoccurring. So the reason I point that out specifically is uh, you guys have approval through Fidelity and different arms or organizations of investment institutions like that, which just gives a big catalyst and making it that much easier. So really, I was very fortunate to make a few phone calls, had some people who uh, the organization being vetted already part of their um, investment endowment uh, entities. So uh, it was much easier than I thought. Another thing we did we threw a party here at the house and, and took a different uh, approach. And, you know, we had a uh, we did a pick picking. We had a band. But instead of charging people a plate fee or, um, you know, a cover charge, if you would have come in like you'll see tradition with a lot of things. Uh, again, being new, I just wanted to throw a party and have people come over and get exposed to in a very organic and natural way about the organization. And we raised a few thousand off of that event just in itself. So humbling, really, if I was going to conclude to see your friends and people come together in a way that they do to be so gracious and giving. However, I'm coming from a community of veterans, right? So it was, it's not very hard to get them to, to have a, you know, an appreciation for what we're doing and a calling to help. Yeah. When you're passionate about something, you can, you know, you can move mountains, yeah. that's for sure. Um, and, and so we're going to get more experienced in how to run these things uh, next year. Cause this is, you know, something this year was just a, a beginning of trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to raise awareness, but also have a direct impact. And I think that's important for us is how can we have a direct impact 
you know, it's not good enough for me to just throw money at something. We got to solve this mano a mano, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll also help help other people solve it. So let's talk about Greece. The idea in Greece was, you know, and, and you integrated so well because you were a veteran. And uh, but to, you know, basically journey together and through this journey, uh, find inspiration through the Spartans experience, plus our own trials and tribulations. So what were your high points and low points on this? Well, I'll tell you, initially signing up for it and and seeing the physical demand of what we were doing, I like to consider myself a functional athlete. I play ice hockey three nights a week and, you know, I I still fit workouts, Um, but I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near a proficient athlete, let alone an industrial athlete as uh, as maybe Silic are in your group. So, um, so you know, it was mental, right? I just I put a a lot of mental roadblocks about what I thought the experience was going to be like a bit of a little bit anxious before coming. Um, but you know, once we got over there, we got locked into it. The, the physical part of it, I definitely could have done better. Um, but I know that's on me. I could train better and I can get that end result. So that's just a disappointment on your own lack of preparation. Um, but what was surprising to me, um, and what I didn't expect to have was as much mental challenge. Um, you know, a lot of those days were extremely enduring days, if you will. Um, I, I wore my Fitbit, for example, and on our first uh, half marathon, our third day in, which I think was one of the hottest days, by the way. Thankfully, it's only dry heat, not humid. Um, but I ended up uh, posting 18 miles on my Fitbit for that day. Um, but, you know, I did a lot of running back and forth between the groups and, you know, I did a lot of walking as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and it certainly wasn't. Um you know, it was 13 miles as the crow flies, right? But we were doing up and down, up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I definitely had some mental fortitude challenges, if you will, which were unexpected. Um, but are back to what I was talking about earlier. You know, if, if we're just going to talk about, uh, you know, you're asking me what I was benefiting from it, you know, the connections and the relationships, that's the first and foremost thing after it. Yeah, and also some of the actual events, you know. Yeah. So give, uh, let's help, you know, create a picture in the listeners' minds of what, what, types of things that we do and what, you know, what was, what were some of the cool things and where did you, you know, where did you hit those low points? What was that like? Like as if they were there, let's see if we can tell the story. Yeah. So uh, obviously from a historical standpoint, starting out day one in Sparta under the statue of King Leonidas and, you know, we got a lot of pictures there that was uh, um, in just the outsized uh, difference in you versus that statue too was a great um uh <laughs> it was it was really you know a great metaphor for what we were stepping up to in in the journey and um you know we we had uh the first two days were rucks um you know the rucking uh you know we had a you know our day packs on and stuff like that um you know definitely some good elevation changes i think you know we're going all the way from sea level up to four or five thousand feet in in elevation changes so some of the uphill stuff um, maybe it was a bit taxing for some. I didn't, you know, the rucks themselves weren't too bad other than getting into the middle of them. Right. You know, some days we were starting, I think around nine, nine thirty in the morning and we were going till three thirty, four thirty five o'clock. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, you get three, four, five hours into things and you're focused on the end point and not, you know, just the matter of hand in front of you. And that can kind of beat you down a little bit. Um, but then, you know, mm-hmm. the third day was the run. And then, you know, we got into two more days of rucking and we did another half marathon. Um, you know, those runs were definitely challenging going through some of the uphill, downhill. Um, but, uh, but, you know, in the bike ride itself, like you said, 22 flat tires. Uh, I, I think <laughs> I think, too, though, for me specifically, getting focused on some of the low points, I'm always trying to uh, lift others up. Right. And, and kind of help distract them from their own pain. So uh, I point that out because that was a great way for me to kind of be distracted from some of the the longevity of what we're doing. Uh, but what was, what was even more cool about that whole experience was the connection you're making to those people who were helping uplift you through that time. Or if you were coming back and trying to make them laugh and uplift them, uh, you know, Andrew and I did some funny things the last day that I don't know, I probably mentioned on the podcast, but uh, we definitely had each other laughing and finished the, you know, the, the downhill portion into, into the end of the uh, second half marathon. Right. So, um, you spent a lot of time with Ilya and Danny and, um, <clears throat> and Drew and Drew was having, you know, I drew, he wasn't able to join us today, but he was having some breakdowns and, um, you know, so what were some of the, um, you know, some of the more interesting moments that you had, you know, working with the, the vets who were there who were, you know, suffering from PTS and, 
What did you learn from? Well, that? I can say first and foremost, I'm very humble and gracious for them opening up to me, Ilya. I really appreciate that you did that, and you know, Danny and Drew, and um, you know, but it's I think it's a commonality for all of us, right? You 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 have that experience. We've gone through the same training, although I'm not a combat veteran, so I haven't been through the same theaters they have. We all go through the same um, training. We get the same bonds forged. So there weren't a lot of barriers to the beginning of those relationships. Um, so, but, you know, just seeing how open people were about what they were sharing. And I think it, this is just my own personal philosophy, but whether it's PTSD or, um, you know, some other debilitating issue you have in your life, whether it's mental, physical, or combination of the two, as human beings, man, we all share, a, you know, a common bond and we're all on this planet kind of moving in the same direction. So, when you can connect right. with other people and help them with their issues and help encourage them. And, and it's, it's our own fear, right? It's that monkey brain. You talk about. Is there any specific uh, incident that stands out yes. in your mind though? Yeah. Like anything that you could share that would help the listeners. Connect yeah. With yep. So, what so doing? Andrew, I'm sure you'll get an opportunity to speak with him and maybe in a later podcast, um, you know, give him the opportunity to tell this story, but but I can tell you, Andrew was a Marine and then went over the Army. So I absolutely had that connection with him for the Marine Corps mm-hmm. and very much mm-hmm. struggling from what I, I think. And, and this is just very beginning for me. So I could be misspeaking here and Ilya can talk to this later. But I see a lot of the um, debilitation of the obstacles put in the way. It's survivor guilt ship, right? We can all see some mm-hmm. some right. very um, chaotic things and barbaric and, and devastating things in our life and carnage. Um but it doesn't seem to be so much that that's impacting our vets as it is the survivor guilt ship, right? My buddy didn't make it back. I did. And Andrew especially had a circumstance with that where he was a part of a quick reactionary force. This force went down. RPG hit a helicopter, took them all out. Um, and he was a few days away from going home. Um, so he carries a lot of guilt about that. And I think specifically, if and I, and I don't mean to misspeak for Andrew here, but I'm just giving my perspective. I believe that he felt he has in some way let his team down. And he's struggling on how he gets past that. And then so for him to um, not make the first half marathon day with us because of dehydration. And, uh, you know, we all witnessed him throwing up there in the beginning and he still gave it a try. But, it, you know, I think you guys pulled him aside medically and said it was best he didn't do it. So that was a low point that I experienced with one of my fellow brothers. But then to see him the next day lead us as you and John pushed him to the front to uh, to lead his team of, of people in Greece. And then. Uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, my highest of points was was running with him, and and he, you know, he ran a good part of that uh, that second marathon, um, especially our downhill descent where we went by King Leonidas's watchtower and all that, and just such a beautiful scene in there, and mm-hmm. um, just you know the the bond we're having and the laughing and getting through that together. That uh, those those were you know with with Andrew, those were two moments in the in the trip where we had some uh, you know a low point and a high point specifically shared some some good times mm-hmm. that were breakthroughs and and to just follow up on that too. You know, I'm still in contact with these gentlemen and Andrew's off doing other things and he seems to be very happy moving in the right direction. As we know, this trip isn't going to solve the issues we have just in a trip. It's going to be the habits we do in day in and day out, but he seems to be on the right track. And I think what he's going to ultimately do and what I'd like to see these guys do and Ilya is living it and doing it. And, you know, I'm thinking about going back to get my master's in social work myself is taking your experiences and, and, and overcoming them. And then you have the ability to go out and talk to other people and say, look, I've walked this walk and I'm talking this talk and I can also help you get past that. And it's the healing. That's what we're here for. Right. Yeah. No kidding. So when you're up, so now let's, let's fast forward. You're done with the uh, program and what was, um, what was going through your mind when we showed up at the second, you know, Leonidas statue in Thermopylae and then, um, you know, and you knew that we had just completed this whole thing. Well, so, you know, a whole host of emotions. Obviously, in the beginning, you're 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 very satisfied and you're overwhelmed with joy because you've gotten to the end of it um, as far as the Greece trip went, literally. Um, but then you start to reflect back a little bit on it and you know the journey's over and it's disappointing because it's such a great time and with such a great group of guys. And then it starts to make you think, OK, what are these people's journeys going to be like after we all leave here? And hopefully we stay in touch with each other and. But overall, it was obviously very, very uh, satisfying, right, to get across there. I think I was getting a little yeah. too loud as we were coming in there at the end, <laughs> marching in. So <laughs> definitely, that was yeah, fun. definitely satisfying. A- anything, anything that you feel like you've changed as a result of the of the trip? Um, you know that you're just you just see things differently, or you've decided to change. Up yeah, yeah. So um, two things. 
it's been a while and and this is probably not the greatest thing in my life, right? I need to get doing some different things, but it's been a while since I've had some mental challenges right to that level where I wasn't sure whether I was going to do something or accomplish mm-hmm. it. So to get that, that reinforcement of um, success through execution, right? That's great. But the, the biggest thing, and this is, again, I got to tell Ilya, thank you very much for his experiences and opening up and becoming my friend. And, and with what he's doing specifically, and, and Danny and, and Andrew have backed this up as well. I've always had an interest in people. And I started out after I got out of the Marine Corps with a business degree in CW, as I mentioned earlier. And I was a double major in psychology as well. And I just happened to finish my business degree a semester before my psychology degree. And it's funny or ironic, really, how in a blink of an eye, 15 years can go by and I'm in a career in the business world. And, and look, that's all fine and dandy and making money and getting promotions and having success inside a corporate aspect or world, it, you know, it, it only does so much. And for me, I feel a calling and a greater good and purpose. And uh, maybe it's the heart of a healer. I don't know. But in this journey, what these guys have helped me do is, look, I, I, I've been very anxious searching for a purpose. And to get refocused on the fact that I can do something with veterans and do and switching a little bit, right? Psychology, you have to have such a deep dive in that. And there's a lot of research and you're probably getting a PhD mm-hmm. and you're three inches wide and 60 feet deep, right? So whereas with, with you know, counseling and social work, you can be more of a relationship manager and a friend of these people and just support them and get them through first some of the first steps that, hey, there's other people out there like you and there's people here to support you. And it's giving me a new calling in life. Right. I've, I actually I've already got a 10 year plan set. Um, you know, it's going to take me three years through the distance program over at Chapel Hill to commit or complete their program. And they're fifth in the nation, I think, for for the programs. And they also work indirectly with the uh, Durham VA hospital up here and they do their internships up through there. So that's my new focus and goal is to, to get into the VA and uh, work as a counselor. But I got to you know complete some continuing education on that first. Right. Wow. That's cool. So yeah. you found a whole yeah. new one. Plus, plus working with the Courage Foundation cool. as well, too. So that's that's a great thing. Great cause. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to working with you on that too. This podcast is supported by my friends at Ample, a convenient and healthy meal in a bottle. Now, the Ample meal isn't just a protein shake. It's a complete meal, including the fiber, healthy fats, protein, and pre and probiotics. I love this stuff, and I try to have at least one a day. Check them out at amplemeal.com. Now, they know how much I love this product and are offering you, the listener, a 15% discount off your first order if you enter the code UNBEATABLE15. That's 1-5. UNBEATABLE15. I know how hard it is when you're constantly traveling, training, running from here and there. It's nonstop the world we live in, and having an ample meal on the go makes eating healthy so much easier. It helps me stay on track and eating healthy knowing I'm getting all the nutritional needs met. I just pack the bottle in my bag, and then when I add water, I drink it, I'm done. Piece of cake. So check out AmpleMeal.com, use the code UNBEATABLE1515, UNBEATABLE15, to get 50% off your first order. This is the new MRE. Check it out. Here we are. All right, so let's shift focus. Elia, thanks for joining me today. Now, Elia, why don't you give us a little background? I mentioned earlier that you grew up in Lithuania. I thought that was really interesting. Not many people know about that part of the world. Um, your father became a political refugee, and then you guys moved to Minnesota. So That's why don't right. you pick it up from there? What was your uh, what was your early you know your early year life? How did you get in the military, and what was that like? Okay, so yes, I grew up on a military base, and then. We moved to Minnesota. I went to school. I um, had time, a difficult time fitting in, so I dropped out of high school. And I think I wasted maybe a year or two just not doing a whole lot of anything. And at that point, I decided to check out the military. Um, I was thinking, uh, I have nothing to lose. Um, right. See what they have to offer and also maybe pay for college down the road. So that's, that's what led me to um, enlisting. And, um, and go ahead. So that was army. You went right. to the army. What year? What year was that? I signed up in 1998, and I was in reserve for a couple of years. Then I left, and I I got called up in 2004 to IRR. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you went to Iraq from there. 
Well, we uh, went to Kuwait to stay there for a few months, and then uh, we crossed into Iraq in um, early 2005. We went to Tikrit, uh, Fab Spiker, mm -hmm. and um, did different things there. We did um, QRF, we did uh, base security, and then after a few months, we started doing convoys, and uh, that's how I got injured. That was a 50 cal gunner and a Humvee. <clears throat> and uh, I got thrown out from the hatch and after that uh, I can't remember a whole lot but uh, from what my buddies told me um, I was trying to talk Russian to them when they were trying to take care of me <laughs> <laughs> uh, they put me out on the chopper threw, um, took me to Balad and I think the Australian surgeons um, took took my spleen out and then they sent me to to Germany I think I was in Germany for a little bit then Walter Reed um, mm. then a couple more hospitals and that was pretty much it. Jeez. So were you, was your convoy hit by, a, uh, IED or? No, not or that day IED? actually. No. Uh, what happened is, uh, our driver, um, decided to ram a vehicle. Uh, I had a chance to, to shoot it, but I didn't think it was warranted. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't sure if it was a threat, but, um, our driver thought it was. And, uh, I guess we the Humvee flipped in the process of um, eliminating that vehicle. Doesn't sound like that was a great decision. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't think it was. Uh, the guy disappeared on us. Uh, he is nowhere to be seen. I, I want to tell him a few things, but oh, he's gone. You mean the driver? Right, uh, right. Okay, so you ended up with a traumatic brain injury. Is that right? Right, yeah. Some, right. A lot of broken bones. Right. You lost your spleen. Mm-hmm. So what was the, you know, the recovery like for you? Uh, the recovery was tough because I, I was separated from the unit and uh, it was very chaotic. Um, I was mm -hmm. taking a lot of uh, morphine and everything was a blur. I went through one hospital to another and um, mm. then I was sent home. I was still taking a lot of opiates. Um, mm -hmm. It was just a difficult time adjusting back to civilian life because I really didn't have any skills and uh, my mind was sort of like was missing a link. It was just thoughts were misfiring and just didn't seem right. You know, um, I have to say, I just uh, saw the movie. Thank you for your service. Um, I don't think it's out yet. It'll probably be out by the time this podcast posts, but it was produced by Jason Hall. who was involved in um, the, uh, the movie um, American Sniper. Anyways, they did a really good job of showing exactly what you're talking about. They, they followed these vets who, you know, had, you know, traumatic experiences and were suffering from PTS and how their family lives were just imploding and they had uh -huh. difficulty concentrating right. and they they lost memory and they were having, you know, waking up in the middle of the night with these like intense images of, you know, like flashbacks, I guess you call them. Mm -hmm. And they were short tempered with their family. Oh, I mean, all these things that, you, that sounds like you experienced too. And, and how hard it was to operate within the, the VA system, let's just say, didn't from the movies, didn't seem like it was doing anybody any favors, you know? Right. They were good at issuing drugs, but right. they weren't really helping. No, definitely. Yeah, I, I felt I really didn't know much about the VA because um, when I got discharged, I went straight home uh, away from my unit. And what you're speaking about is very true. Having sh very little patience and creating distance between you and family members. Uh, I was in a relationship for about six years. That ended right there. Uh, all my friends were saying I was angry. I didn't see it that way. But, um, yeah, everything changed, definitely. And it was hard to find how to turn that switch off. Right. Yeah, you just didn't have the tools, and yeah. the drugs were just numbing it, right? Right. Did you have issues with, like, another one big issue is depression and suicidal thoughts? Did, did any of it affect you at all? Depression, yeah, big time. Yeah, a lot of times yeah. I just yeah, I was, didn't have a, any reason to to really go on because after um, my daughter's mother and I split, I, it was really tough to see that part of my life go. Mm-hmm, I bet. Wow. So what was there a turning point for you? Like what, what kind of helped you haul yourself up by your bootstraps and, and then go, you know, this is all before Greece, go work mm -hmm. for the VA or think that you could you know, help others by working at the VA. Well, I figured that uh, if I'm struggling so much, um, maybe I can be the one to help others. 
and mm-hmm. that was what uh, my driving force was i i experienced it so now i know what's going on so i just figured i need to find a way to make myself useful to others and that was by going through school yeah i mean i, I think that i've heard that quite a bit a lot a lot of times you know what to eric's point there's that guilt, but another part is just, you know, you, you felt such a sense of purpose in the military and you were supported with this team that, you know, we're, we're like your brothers, they are right. brothers in arms. And when you come back, not, not only do you, are you suffering from the stress and the injury, but now you don't, you don't really find that same level of team or purpose. Definitely. And I think that's a real problem. And so you found purpose by going back and helping other vets. You went to, you said you went to school and you got a counseling degree. Is that right? Right. First I went to school, finished um, a four-year degree for social work. And then I did the same with a master's degree in social work. Oh, no kidding. Good for you. Thank you. And that's, and then you took that to the VA and they hired you. Uh, actually, no, there was quite a bit of uh, jobs in between the VA because um, the VA wanted me to have some experience and um, I worked at a psychiatric hospital uh, methadone treatment center and a couple of other things mm-hmm. and finally got to the VA so what let me just ask before we get into degrees what what do you do at the VA now right now I work with homeless veterans trying to um, get them housed and uh, reintegrate them into the community okay excellent and so do you see um, the VA getting better at supporting vets or is, you know, we still have some of the same problems that were shown in the movie that I just saw. It's tough to say. I, I think the VA is trying, but, uh, always there are new problems that come up. It's almost like, uh, whacking them all. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. I see it. Yeah. So let's talk about how did you hear about the, uh, the Spartan challenge that we did oh, with the sure. Courage Foundation? I got an email saying, um, are you interested in therapeutic hike? And I envisioned a leisurely hike, and I thought, yeah, why not? <laughs> so then the email started coming in saying you have to walk 30 miles or 30 kilometers and run. And I was like, hmm, that doesn't sound so therapeutic. But <laughs> I started training for it. And once I started training, I was really feeling good. Um, just brought back sense of purpose. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And uh, I was afraid I'll be in the worst shape but then i was telling myself you know you have to try uh, if you don't you're gonna regret it and that was my um those were my thoughts in the morning every day i had to um i would walk to to um to work at, and i'd ride a bike instead of driving a truck that was um one way of getting in shape mm-hmm. so that really motivated me once i found out about this and um uh, once I got close, I started looking for reasons not to go to kind of sabotage it. And um, huh. I was saying, Hurricane Irma is coming. I need to stay here for the family. Uh, I'm going to miss my daughter's birthday. I shouldn't do this. And, but I think I was just uh, afraid. Right. I think that's pretty pretty normal. I'm glad you stuck it out. Me too. It was awesome. <laughs> so glad I went. Yeah. What were some of the high, high and low points for you? High points was um, just camaraderie every day going through the same stuff together um Mm -hmm. that was uh, one of my high points also i remember running on top of the hill and just hearing the wind and danny was running next to me we were just quiet i could hear him run just his breath and uh, his feet hitting the ground and it was just awesome we kept going like that for seemed like forever yeah, there were some amazing like flow moments, weren't there? You just really just get very present, definitely and quiet. And just, you know, that can be very healing too, huh? For sure. I mean, being in the moment, I think, is the most healing thing you can do instead of uh, looking back or forward. Yeah. And that's what what I heard is footsteps, and that was that was awesome. Just the wind and our feet stomping the ground it was the best. How did you like the um, the training we did before and after the <laughs> ruck run stuff? <laughs> I knew it was good for me. <laughs> I mean, after I think that we're going to do 300, you know, yeah, burpees. Right. I was like, man, I hope today they're going to be tired or they're going to change their mind to drink <laughs> beer. But uh, once we got to it, I knew it was good. And I felt, um, again, I felt at peace and uh, present. So yeah. getting past that um, laziness was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overcoming the resistance. Right. Huh? So what about the, um, the big four skills? Did you find yourself using those on the ruck? Because we talked about right. those quite a bit in the morning routine and prepped and we 
briefed it during mm-hmm. the ruck, you know? Well, one of Did you find yourself relying on those? For things? sure. I mean, one of the things that you talked about is feeding the courage wolf, and that that's what got me through is I, I think in Greece I learned to seek positive experiences and just things to kind of grab onto and build off of instead of dwelling on pain or negative experiences to just brush them aside and look for bright, positive stuff and just breathe and be in the moment, be present. Those mm-hmm. those are some very good things that I took away from Greece. Yeah. Was there any particular um, day or moment or event or interaction, you know, that really, really struck you or, you know, was like a aha moment for you or, you know, and when you think back, it's just burned in your memory. Yeah. I remember just when I had, I counted, I had five blisters and uh, <laughs> you asked for uh, Greek names. And I think my Greek name was Blisters Maximus. And <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. That particular day, I just hated every step. Every step I took, I was angry. I wanted to hit someone. And I was just cussing everyone out in my mind. And um, then I just started to think about my past and some of the negative behaviors that I engage in. And um, just a lot of things became clear as to my daily routines, how um, how they contribute to some of the negative feelings. Mm-hmm. I know it's a very general description without going too specific. You know, I get that though, because you have a lot of time to reflect, right. right? And so you're able to you're able to c- contrast what was happening over there with maybe the way some of the patterns right. that defined your life back on uh, mm-hmm. back stateside. And so from that, what what changes did you make, and you know what's different now? Well, I think it's you? the simplest thing is just to look for positives and again um, disregard all the negatives. And once I realize that I'm engaging in a destructive thought to stop it and uh, redirect it. It takes effort, but it's well worth mm-hmm. it for me. Yeah. Very cool. Would you do it again? <laughs> I'd, I'd do it every every year if possible. It was such a great experience. Yeah, definitely. That's thank cool. you guys for putting it together. And well, Eric, yeah. Frank, thank you for raising the money. Yeah, it was a cool team effort. I mean, we couldn't have done it. Um, we couldn't have brought the vets without raising the money. And... Um, so Eric and then Travis was another uh, fellow who raised $20,000. Um, big commitment to do that. Um, and then Ilya, you know, I, th- I definitely appreciate your desire to give back and work with other vets. Um, you know, like I said, we this has got to be such a huge team effort, you know. So I think kind of like for me to kind of wrap this thing up is, A, to, to honor you both for, you know, stepping up to the challenge uh, honoring all warriors, you know, ancient and modern, you know, we're dealing with our modern warriors, but, you know, I can imagine what the Spartans went through when they, they and their teammates were, you know, basically walking toward their certain death um, and to help, you know, help people heal. And I think with, with us, I'd like to help people be more resilient going into combat so that they can maybe heal faster or, or doesn't land as hard, but also, you know, working through the Courage Foundation and with you know, both of your guys' help and others um, to both raise awareness, uh, to get to provide a vehicle for people to get involved, you know, because Eric, it was transformative for you to be involved in raising money and, and awareness. And now it's given you a new purpose. I think there's a lot of people like you who want to help, but just writing a check isn't enough. You know what I mean? And I think that's like old, old school philanthropy is write a check and hope that it does some good. I hope that, you know, my, my goal is that we can do a little bit better than that. But if, you know, writing a check is all you can do, that's great. I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying we, we need all angles, right? This is an integrative approach. We need to, we need to people to f- help fund programs for vets and we need to raise awareness. And then we need the direct contact to help um, vets find purpose and that community and to overcome the grief and the, and get them off the meds. Definitely. Right, Ilya? That's yeah, critical, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. It? It's a, just a Band-Aid. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you think about it, with the you know everything that we did every morning, you know, the breath practice itself, the silence, the being in nature, the being with the you know finding a community, and doing challenging things again, finding that purpose. I mean, those are the way you heal. It's not by doping up on oxycotton or something like that. That doesn't do anything. That just exacerbates right. the problem. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, really appreciate 
you being here, uh, honor your military service and also uh, your service working with vets and uh, your support of the Courage Foundation. That was huge. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, well, we appreciate it as well, Mark. And, you know, your your service to our country is is uh, a heavy debt of gratitude to you as yes, well. Thank, thank you, you Thanks, guys, both for your service and uh, this great program. It was eye-opening. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you very much, guys. All right, folks, thanks very much for listening today. We heard from Eric Colburn and Elia, and we, um, you know, we're going to hear more from those guys, I think, down the, down the road, because I think they both are doing great work and you're going to help out a lot of vets out. And so if you want to be involved in the Courage Foundation, I mean, this this podcast was meant to, you know, be inspiring and to help spread the word about some of the things that we did in Greece because people are interested. But also, you know, the Courage Foundation is pretty new. Uh, if you have an interest in getting involved or, you know, in raising money or being involved in an event like this next year or something like that, then you know, please reach out to John. Um, J-O-N at CourageFoundation.net J-O-N at CourageFoundation.net and he'll probably bounce you to Eric because <laughs> 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 John's got a lot on his plate too but at any rate uh, yeah we'd love we'd love to get your help and uh, also you could just stay you know apprised of the emails that we got coming out because um, you know we, we use the same uh, community as Unbeatable Mind and Seal Fit with the Courage Foundation. So I know folks are already getting that information. At any rate, uh, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time on the Unbeatable Mind podcast, this is Mark Devine. Stay focused, uh, train hard, and find some way to support our vets. hoo Coach Devine out. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogmen of the UDT. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. 